Hello and welcome to a oh. brand new installment of Nintendo News Report slash Nintendo World Report at night for Tuesday, January 24th, 2017. We do have a little bit of news for this episode, but this is it. This is the show when we all talk about our personal game of the years. News kept happening, and then we had the Switch thing in January, so that pushed it back. But now we got it. Today I'm joined by one Donald Terrio. Hello, Donald Terry. And the Oscar goes to a trash can on Sesame Street. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. They did uh, come out with the nominations today. I, I would like to uh, throw my cap in for Manchester by the Sea. And and it's by the way, if you saw the Casey Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial, he's playing the same character, but for about two hours. So you can enjoy that. Wait, oh, was that intentionally the Dunkin' Donuts commercial? Is supposed to be him playing that character, or is that? I don't think so, because it's just, it's a super angry New Englander that he's okay. playing in both roles. I think Casey Affleck's favorite performance for me will always be him in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> that, that's not bad, Casey Affleck. <laughs> I mean, much, much, much more substantial, like better dramatic work later in his career. But man, like 97 Casey Affleck with a thick New England accent. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not choice. Um. Yeah, and then Hacksaw Ridge, I would also recommend. But that's beside the point. Other voice you're hearing, Neil Ronahan, director of NintendoWorldReport.com. Um, unlike the past, like, two and a half weeks, my voice should actually be normal. Uh, I'm finally not congested. <laughs> uh, Brian B. comes out right out of the gate. Zach, Zach Miller, hello, Zach Miller. Hey, guys, my video's off again because I'm afraid it'll freeze my computer. It's okay. We're recording this on two different mediums, things... Just imagine I'm naked in my chair. <laughs> just, I mean, just, he was. He showed us before. I can't tell you how many times I've done this show and I've had a full shirt and just straight boxers. Oh, dude, that's the only way I record. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I'm, I yeah. thought you were going to say a full chub or something, but no, you're, just, you're, you're okay. No, a half mast ready to go, but non-committal. <laughs> uh, Brian, Wait, be seeing, seeing where the show takes you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brian we call B. it Nintendo World Report at night for a reason sometimes. <laughs> Comes right out of the gate and says, you guys slaughtered the Switch in that review, and I don't know if he's talking about the review that, uh, or the preview that Jared, Justin, and I did uh, a week or two back, or the last episode of this show. I thought we were fair on last episode of the show. I, I think, I don't know, It's just looking at like the greater Nintendo reaction to the Switch, I feel like we're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But because there are people that are just basically like, yo, Switch gonna die. And then <laughs> there's people that are overly optimistic for it. Like, my heart wants to be overly optimistic for it. And like, you know, for March 3rd, like, I'm I'm all in. But realistically, like, they, there's a lot they gotta prove. And you gotta yep. point out what's wrong with the presentation and what's concerning about the the, the path ahead for the system. But hopefully it'll work out. Those yeah. uh, those life end numbers I saw of some analyst or something like forty million like like that that could, would be a success. I would <laughs> believe that. I'm I would lean more towards twenty or thirty based on what I've seen so far. I mean, well, yeah, if, I if this hits 40. forty million, okay. Let's not start predicting lifetime sales of a system that hasn't. I was going to say, yet. if it does hit forty million, though, that would be the third highest selling Nintendo home console of all time. I think. Yeah. Third or no, maybe fourth. Yeah, Super Nintendo. Yeah, yes, yeah, we. Yeah. 
not to get off track and talk about the Switch, but I'm just I'm just giving you guys a little bit of what you want. Considering Brian B, new Diego Gamer U, who just subscribed, thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks, buddy. And Jesse Estrada are like three of our first comments, all devoted to the Nintendo Switch. So, like we we talked about this over email today. We're probably going to be talking a lot about the Switch in the next few weeks, whether there's news about it or not, just because it's fun to talk about the Switch. And also, if you go on our iTunes, our show is on iTunes, by the way. Our Switch show that we did last week completely dwarfs all the other shows we've done before. And huh. I just put up the MP3 for that, I think, yesterday. Damn. So Switch is hotness. Switch is hotness. But that's beside the point. We actually got some news this week, don't we, Donald Terrio? Yes, uh, we got a press release this morning from Nintendo. Uh, they're not done releasing new 3DSs now that the Switch is on its way. Uh, there will be a Pikachu-themed new 3DS on February 24th, I believe, the last Friday in February for North America. I was going to say, uh, they also line up with the anniversary or close to it? It's like 228, I think. Is, is... Yep. Okay, so yeah. yes, I mean... Probably it worked out well when they sold Pokemon themed 3DS stuff this time last year. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they also announced that Tank Troopers is going to be coming out in North America on February 16th. And Mario Sports Superstars will be. If you're going to be at PAX East, if you're going to be at Tank Troopers, uh, let us know either in the chat or the comments somehow. Tweet me at at Enron10 at PAX East. I think I might try to organize some tournaments. One of them might be Tank Troopers because, damn it, that's the only way I'm ever going to play that game in local multiplayer. Same with Federation Force for me. Yeah. Well, at least you can play that online. Tank Troopers doesn't have any <laughs> online play. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Mario Sports Superstars will be out March 24th along with Amiibo cards, which will give you superstar versions of the characters. And those will be standard Amiibo card pricing somewhere just at Ruby is weeping. Yeah. I, <laughs> he, he is. Uh, he tweeted earlier, we should... To make sure Baruby's okay. I know amiibo cards usually uh, give give him give him uh, cramps. I think yeah. we we do have a card trading thread in the forums. I think it has sort of died down because of the Animal Crossing cards, but uh, that is an option as well if you are in the market for those. So, am I on an island in that I'm kind of really excited for Mario Sports Superstars? Yes. Yes, in that you're only kind of really excited, and not this is one of the coolest looking Nintendo games all year. Which is which is where I'm at. At the very least, it's the no, yes, okay. I'm most excited. Yo, they're bringing back Mario Superstar Baseball, even in just a tiny little. Yeah, and, well, I, 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 sick. When we got this, this, uh, like, I mean, I have the 3DS preview that is up on NintendoWorldReport.com, and we got this press release. I was kind of thinking about like, well, one, I, I got some of the Animal Crossing amiibo cards more out of curiosity, uh, and I like dicked around with them in Amiibo Festival. Uh, oh God, Amiibo Festival. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I like, I might go hard on these Mario Sports Superstars Amiibo cards, especially if the, the benefit in game is, is moderately worthwhile. But like, the more I think about this game is that this is a package that I really want on the 3DS. Like it's got what golf, baseball, 11 on 11 soccer, uh, horse racing and tennis, right? Yeah. Like it has like, it has yeah. like four totally awesome worthwhile Mario sports <laughs> games. And then horse racing, and the crazy thing is that the horse racing in videos kind of looks like it's just like a weird form of Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> like everything about this game, I'm I'm not gonna like I, I I tweeted about it earlier, right when this press release hit, was that 
I'm not 100% confident it's going to be good, but I can't wait to see how it turns out. Like, there, there, there's a world where this game comes out and it's very disappointing and it's not that good. There's also a word where this is, like, the best Mario sports game of all time. Is this Camelot development again? Part of it. They are... I think they... Part of it. Wait. Um, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to I think they're up. doing the golf. Yeah, I think they're... I, mentioned yeah, I, know they're doing, I think they're doing the golf and the tennis... And I think I just want to confirm this before I say it. yes. Bandai Namco is doing everything else. Oh, interesting. So that's, the people, cool. so the, the I don't know if it's the exact same people, but the people who made Mario Superstar Baseball are making the baseball mode in Mario Sports Superstars. Yeah, because Camelot's yeah. making just the tennis and the golf mode. That's sick. Which is good because then they probably won't make the UI, and the UI could actually be useful, unlike in Mario <laughs> Golf World Tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mario Superstar Baseball is my favorite Mario sports game. I'm looking forward to even just a little taste of it more. The Amiibo Card Festival either gives me more hope or less hope, and I'm not sure which it is yet. More hope in that it makes it seem like they're leaning towards this game a little more, despite whatever else they have to put out this spring. And then less so because what if this is too much Amiibo stuff? I mean, we already saw too much Amiibo stuff. It was Animal Crossing last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I'm just hoping they learn their lesson that yeah. too much of me yeah. does not work to their Okay, advantage. I gotcha. Now, I, and I saw people talking about this earlier as well. Um, we are now reaching that point where when 3DS games come out post-March 3rd, everybody's just asking for a Switch version. Like, <laughs> I, guess, I, guess this is, I, got, I guess I have two questions for all of you. Um, one, do you think that we will get any kind of Switch version of Mario Sports Superstars? That weird, well, I guess that weird Pikmin game by its nature wouldn't work on Switch, I would think. Right. Um, or like Ever Oasis, will that show up on? Will that be a cross-platform title? Who knows? Like, do we think that's actually a possibility? No. And also, like, is it a bad thing that these games aren't on Switch post March third? No. No, I no think, to both. I think the extent across platform stuff that we're going to see is Fire Emblem Warriors, because let's face it, Omega Force can develop for anything, whether it's good or not, and maybe Pokemon Stars. Yeah. Omega Force, like, sometimes I'm very curious about how different Japanese game development is from Western game development, because you got Omega Force, who puts out three versions of a game at once, they develop it, like, it, what feels like a year at a time or even less, regardless of how simplistic they are. You got the Yakuza team who develops their games in one year, and Yakuza 5 was made in two years, which was a huge deal for that team. And then you have all these Japanese developers making these games on these ridiculously short timelines. And I'm just curious, like, do they make games in a different way? Do they make these games that are more repetitive so it's easier for them? Do they just... are? Is all their work crunch time? Like, I'm just... I mean, I would think some of it is uh, smart reuse of, of assets and engines. Because if you think about it, um, I mean, maybe someone more into the Dynasty Warriors thug life than me would know the answer <laughs> yeah. to this. But, like, you think, for example, I mean, let's just focus on the Nintendo games that, that Omega Force is working on. Uh, Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warrior, Warriors are very likely on the same engine. And I also wouldn't... I, I also wouldn't... I would also assume that probably that engine is a modified version of whatever engine they use for Dynasty Warriors games. And yeah, they're upgrading that. Like, I think the next Dynasty Warriors game is going to be like an open world adventure or something like that. So there's probably yeah. more work to be done on that engine. But once you have those tools in place, then it would be easier to like spin up a, a Fire Emblem Warriors yeah. on, on a tight frame because you already have the, the knowledge of making that style of game. You have the engine. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Pokemon Bank, that update's coming out, right? Already did. It is. Oh, it already did. It's it's out. It is out right now. Um, there was an online outage. Like, there was an online maintenance going on when it first came out, but it is accessible now. And uh, notably, it still did not put the actual national Pokedex into Sun and Moon. It just leaves it in bank. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, was, wasn't that announced, though, that it wasn't going to add the national decks into Moon? Yeah, I think the na- I think the national decks in an actual game is going to be the stars feature. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. All right, that's that's all our news for this week. Let's go into our game of the year lists finally. We have a structure for this that's going to be very similar to the structures we've done in past years, which is we have an honorable mention section, which you can do with whatever you want. It could be your 6 through 10. It could be just honorable mentions. You could do uh, some kind of Nintendo-Nontendo split. And then the top five, like for me, it's going to be a top five. For Donald, it's going to be a top five, but we all have our own little for, ways of doing for me it's gonna be weird for you it's <laughs> gonna be weird neil so why don't you start off all right well first um so my my top four are are this in order uh pocket card jockey picross 3d round two pokemon moon and metroid prime federation force however i talked about those four games at length on this very show about a month ago <laughs> i also talked about it on our patreon exclusive podcast um, which, if you are a, a monthly a month, monthly patron of Nintendo World Report, uh, you can listen to that and a lot of other stuff um, by subscribing for, for just $1 a month. So Patreon.com slash NWR. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I have a list of 25 games. I have a top 25 list. I'm going to, uh, for my top five in regards to this, I will be discussing my games ranked five through nine. Uh, sorry if that's oh, needlessly right. confusing. Um, but, uh, so for, for this honorable mentions thing, I will just quickly list off, uh, games 10 through 14, which would be my six through 10 in this. Uh, number 14 is Tumblestone on Wii U, which is a really, really awesome, awesome, innovative puzzle game with a ton of content. Number 13 is Twilight Princess HD on Wii U, which is, uh, the definitive version of a pretty good game. Number 12 <laughs> is Pokemon Go, uh, which... Uh, despite being hopelessly broken, I've put too much time into and probably about 40 or 50 bucks. Number 11 is Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, which is, uh, I'm not super into Rhythm Heaven, but this is the best Rhythm Heaven game I have ever played. And number 10 uh, is Hyrule Legends, Hyrule Warriors Legends on the 3DS, uh, because even though that game kind of is overmatched on the 3DS, I <laughs> adore it and I like Wind Waker a lot. Yeah. Who's next? Also, the DLC lets you beat people up with the windfish. Yeah, yeah, it does. I need to I need to play the rest of that DLC, by the way. It's it's like the original Hyrule Warriors where I like, oh, I'll save that for a rainy day and then I never touch it. Yep, I'm that same way. I'm so happy that the new Warriors Fire Emblem game is going to be new 3DS exclusive because that makes the new 3DS owners feel special and it puts this game on the console where it should have been all along. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like I I personally wasn't really upset by the limitations that were imposed even on the new 3DS version of the Warriors game, but it is kind of weird going from the Wii U version to the new 3DS version because it's like all the enemies on screen and very little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, you know how we're going to do this in order? We're going to go Neil, Donald, Zachary, Alex, because that's the way my Google Hangouts lined up. <laughs> oh, look at that. So, Donald... Go ahead. Okay, my so mine are going to be my my ten down to six, which is Tumblestone, which I played on Wii U. It's That's a multi-platform. Dope game. 
Yep. Uh, Bravely Second and Lair. One word, Catmancer. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, which mm-hmm. I that's the one of those games I really need to put some more time into. Uh, Doom 2016. Mm. The the second, the first of two Nintendo games on the list, and um, I may not have played it to completion, but what I played was fun, and I somehow turned that into a melee game. I don't know how. <laughs> and number and my number six then is Dragon Quest Builders, which is the first game that I paid full Canadian price for after playing the demo. Well, nice, nice, Zachary, on to you. Uh, so I'm going to do my six or ten. Isn't really. Don't consider it a real 6 through 10 in a ranked sense. I'm just giving you my the five Nintendo games that I liked most this year because uh, my real top five is going to be non-Tendo games. Uh, from one, 1 to 5, Picross 3D2, Federation Force, Robobobobobobobobobobot, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, almost exclusively for that boxing minigame, the interview with the boxer. I played that probably as much as the rest of that game. Uh, and then uh, Horse Jockey Solitaire Card Game. I don't remember what it's called. Solitiba. Pocket Card yeah, Jockey. Pocket Card Jockey. I sank a ton of time into that, uh, but kind of for a brief window of days. I kind of I got to a point where I didn't know how to breed and I'm not getting any better, so I'm moving on. Yeah. I, you know what uh, let me enjoy that game more was when you, Neil, and I were talking about this game, and you said something like, that game becomes way more fun when you stop looking at it as a game you need to beat and more of a, like a solitaire app on your phone that yeah. you yeah. just pull out once in a while and enjoy. And when I, you play it like that, like I 10 hours melted away easily. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's how when I went out to Colorado the other week, I played that on the flight. Because it was nice. just very calming and relaxing. Like I, I was, as as previously mentioned, I was very congested. So that's no fun on planes. <laughs> so I used that to kind of relax. And like I didn't really like. I had some horses retire that I thought would last longer. Uh, but but I still had a really good time. Like I I love that game for that. Yeah, yeah. Word. I like naming your horse. My favorite horse name was Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is a. Uh... That is a low blow. I like. Yeah, that was really harsh, man. She seems like a nice lady. <laughs> it's not her I li- fault. I like the game freak names because they all sound like actual horse racing names. Yeah, it's yeah, like Lucky Stripes. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Solitaire pocket card jockey Solitibo was my number eleven or twelve, but it ended up getting uh getting out. It got pushed out a little bit. By my number 10, Fire Emblem Fates Conquest, which is a very flawed video game, but has some of the best challenge out of any Fire Emblem game I've, I've had. The reason why I think it pushed out Solitaire Horse is because I'm starting to get patriotic for Fire Emblem, and I think like my, my feelings on it may have changed. However, at number 9, we got Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, which is a very good video game. I picked it up the other day just because it wasn't on my top 10, and I was very curious why. I picked it up, I played... The uh, the axe cutting mini game, which, which is uh so good. That's the best music in that whole game. Is the axe cutting mini game? The it's 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 a wonderful game that scratches that warrior wear itch flawlessly. Number eight, Res Infinite, 
which is one of the most visually impressive video games I've ever played, and it was the game that sold VR to me, which I say almost hypocritically, because my PlayStation VR has not been used in over uh, two months. I was wow. just going to ask if you've used that in the past two months, No, and you answered my question for me. No, I have not. However, reviews are saying that the VR mode in Resident Evil 7 is actually kind of sick. So when I get Resident Evil 7 in the next couple months, when it hits $40, like we were talking about before <laughs> yeah. the show, that will be a fine time. What was what was the last game you played in PlayStation VR? I think it must have been a game that gave me a headache because that's the only thing I that's the only thing I could see myself playing that would turn me off from it for such an extended period of time. <laughs> and I bet it was bar barroom sports VR, sports barroom VR. It has like and but I haven't played it in two months and then I deleted it from my file. <laughs> the PlayStation VR, some games are super swimmy and can give you a headache after a little bit of time. Some games are not. My favorite other experience in it was Harmonic Music VR, which if you have a PlayStation VR like I do and you have not gotten a Harmonic Music VR, download some, some load some songs on a USB drive and uh, plug it in. But that's beside the point. It was my first time through Res. It was a trippy-ass experience. And that game is the best Star Fox game in 2016. Yeah, so, cool. number seven, No Man's Sky which people gave so much wow. shit to people wow, gave that man. game so much shit and like everyone's right about the shit they gave to it but when people say like this game is the cover of a 1970s 1980s sci-fi novel like they're totally right like that's what this game feels like the way it sounds the way it feels even though everything's repetitive, even though like it's the procedural generation is super clumsy, I dropped like 20 hours into that game just exploring the universe. Even if I didn't find what I was looking for, I still had fun like taking pictures of animals and naming creatures and then hearing the same fluttery soundtrack. What I would compare that game to, or like how I would describe that game to someone in a way that kind of dresses up it's lacking elements is I would say no man's sky is what happens when you take the development studios of like a 1970s, 1980s Atari game, freeze them, bring them back to like 2014, 2015, 2016, give them new technology and see what game they develop with the same philosophy they have in the 1970s, 1980s. It's this is the game they would make because no man's sky is a game that does force you to use your imagination in a way that a game has not really done so much in the last couple of years. So I, I normally wouldn't spend this much time, but you guys seem surprised at my picking No Man's Sky. So I, just to I, I was. Uh, Me too. Pokemon Sun is number six. It barely, barely, barely missed the mark. Uh, nothing to say about this that we haven't said <laughs> a month ago, but that that's a really good Pokemon game. It still carries over a little bit of the bullshit from Gen 6, but <laughs> the stuff that it does and the new stuff it does and the new things it tries, like that's an awesome game. So that there you go. Okay, let's let's move on to the next one. 
Neil, so, number uh, nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my my number my, my ninth game of the year, which is Seventh Dragon Three Code Colon VFD uh, Nintendo 3DS. I burned which, out on this, but good choice. Uh, because Atlas, for some reason, didn't release Etrian Odyssey Five <laughs> in North America this year. Uh, this was my my Etrian Odyssey uh, kind of kick for for the year. Um, it's a really neat RPG. I'm going back on older memories of it because I haven't played it since like July. Um, but uh, it's it's got a pretty dopey story. But I really enjoyed the dungeon crawling and the combat. Uh, yeah, I like Seventh Dragon a whole lot, and um, it's got good music. It does. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it was like number eleven on my list. Just missed the cut. Yeah. Um, if you if for some reason you haven't played enough RPGs on your 3DS. Go check this one out. It's it'll probably be on a sale soon, if it's yeah. not on one already. I think it's already been on sale, but it's yeah. it's well worth your time if you like Etrian Odyssey and Dungeon Crawly RPGs. You might still be able to find the uh, physical version in stores. I was at Best Buy a couple weeks ago, and they had several copies. Cool. Yeah. All right, Donald. Up up to you. Uh, t- tell me what's up uh, with you with your number. Numero <laughs> Yeah, so my, my number five is Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, we have talked this game to death. I wrote about it at length for our own, for the website's own Game of the Year feature, but uh, it still holds. And it is the game that I am most tempted to restart and play absolutely too much of in 2017 because that's actually an engaging story for once. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the best Pokemon story in years, one might say. All right. At least six. At least six. Realistically, five, five, one, not five, two, but probably, probably since 2010, 2011. Uh, Zachary Miller, number five. Zachary Miller, are you there? Are you there, Zach? Uh, it's me. It's, uh, um, I, I, think, I, think, I think we might have had a, we might have had a freeze. I think this may be a comment on 2016 in video games. Ah! Zachary Miller, which is which is 2016 was a weird year in games because I think the first half of 2016 wasn't anything to write home about, mostly except for like Overwatch and Doom and maybe like one other thing. But the second half of 2016, like everything came out. You, you want to know something funny? What? Um, I'm looking at my list. The majority of my games came out in the first half of the year. Really? Yeah, like I have, I, I have virtually nothing from like October to December. Yeah, let me see. Um, was there really a lot on that you would have played that came out in October through December? No, though that wasn't much that interested me. Like uh, Tumblestone was summer, Twilight Princess was early, Pokemon Go was summer, Rhythm Heaven was summer, Hyrule Warriors Legends was early, uh, Seventh Dragon was summer, Tokyo Mirage was in summer. Yeah. Well, Zach- Zachary yeah. Miller has has dropped out of the chat for now. So I will move on to my number five, and then we'll just do Zach's as, as he jumps in. My number five is The Last Guardian on PlayStation 4, a game I played in January. I got it for Christmas. The Last Guardian is a game built for those who know what it's like to love and care for a large dog. Because Trico is probably the most impressive AI I've ever seen in a video game. And it's not that much of a surprise why The Last Guardian kind of chugs at times and doesn't, like, technically run the best. 
because Trico has a mind of his own and he feels like a giant dog cat and he acts like a giant dog and you wrote you emotionally connect with him like a giant dog like the same way you you would build a bond with your own your own dog so that's that's really good the the game itself is a puzzle platformer that is like eco and shadow of the colossus put together is like the most concise way i have of saying it but a lot of the puzzles are really clever that take advantage of the fact that you're dealing with an unwieldy dog, cat, bird-like creature. And and whenever you see Trico distressed or in trouble or you see him in pain, at the very least, like, I started to get really concerned, like, personally, because I started to look at him as a real animal and not something that was being generated by a bunch of numbers on a PlayStation 4. So I would say Trico, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in a video game. The Last Guardian, number five, video game of the year. Zachary Miller. Hey. Tell me your number five. My number five is, uh, now I have to check my phone because I forgot what I was about to say. Uh, that's the wrong window. Uh, it is Shantae 4. Happening uh, here, yeah. Specifically, Shantae 4 for Vita. Uh, I played it, I liked it best on Vita. I got uh, trophies out of it. Um, I'd already played it on Steam and Wii U, um, but I really like having it portably. No surprise there. And uh, it's just, just, it's not the best Shantae game. That's still Pirate's Curse. But um, Half Genie Hero is beautiful and uh, very fun. It's short. Uh, yeah. I mean, has anyone else played it? Nope. Uh, I have it. I've not played it yet, though. No. Same here. I'm I'm thinking of undertaking a Shantae Vision Quest this year, <laughs> which I play all four Is of them. Cool? I, um, well, it might involve a lot of caffeine because the the point is to play all four of them before the year's out. Isn't the only one you really need to play like three? If you're most people, Zach, is yeah, that a fair thing to that's say? That's true. Yeah. The Game Boy Color games almost worth almost worth playing just so you can see what they were trying to do with that hardware because they uh, they really give it a shot. Nice. By the way, you probably saw I froze there, so uh, uh, I recovered the Audacity file. Okay. And it's saved. Okay. But what I just said was not recorded. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're gonna do? We're probably gonna end up using YouTube at the end of this. All right, well. Donald. How secure do you feel with the way the storm's going tonight? I I should be good. Okay, so you're okay, Donald. You you feel comfortable with us moving to YouTube? Yeah, that, that's fine. Okay, cool. All right, Neil Ronahan, tell me your number eight game of the year. Uh, it is. Oh, no. Tokyo Mirage <laughs> Sessions hashtag Fire Emblem, <laughs> uh, which is uh, a really a really good RPG. Um, Persona Persona Light, somebody's. <laughs> um, but like, uh, even though I really I'm not into anime that much, that game is anime as fuck. It might have been one of the most anime games ever made. Yeah, like it really worked for me in a way that I never expected. Like. 
just like all the ridiculous dancing and everything like it definitely was was on the line of what i could really tolerate for a game like that but it worked like that's a hell of a video game yeah and uh i i was gonna i forgot to do this for seventh dragon but i'll just do it for tokyo mirage sessions so since everybody wants to talk about the switch for each of my games that i mention I'm going to uh, mention a prospective Switch game that, that could be compared to a similar. Uh, oh. So that Shimagame Tensei game that it was announced for Switch, um, I'm very excited for that. And we don't even know what the director of Tokyo Mirage Systems is doing next. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's working on a Switch game. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's bringing Tokyo Mirage Systems to the Switch so people will buy it. <laughs> that game doesn't need to go to two consoles. That no. game's fine on just one. We'll we'll talk about that more later. Okay. All right. Donald, number four, game of the year. Uh, my number four is. Thank you. Uh, my number four is Paper Mario Color Splash. Get out. Now we have entered the wow. we have entered the spite portion of our broadcast. Donald, we're not <laughs> uh, honorable mentions anymore. <laughs> no, because uh, because I mean. On it, you know, I as somebody who really wasn't all that into Thousand Year Door, uh, and who played got his RPG fix from Paper Jam earlier this earlier last year. Um, I thought this was honestly one of the best written games Nintendo's ever had. But but the gameplay, the, I I didn't I didn't mind the gameplay, and obviously and honestly the writing was that good that it number four I game of all. the year. I didn't mind the gameplay. It was all right. Uh, no. No, because I I managed I figured out a way that I I was able to play the system so that I wasn't using up all my thing cards randomly. I was just pulling them out of a out of a randomizer. So hey, profit. Did you, and you did beat it? I'm just curious. I'm I'm pretty cl- I'm pretty close, but okay. I haven't I haven't finished the job yet. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, I I forget. Like I'm I don't know. That's that's beside the point. Neil. Uh, the Tokyo Mirage Sessions, like, is that one of the few JRPGs you beat last year, or was yes, was last year pretty good for you? Because I know that sometimes you don't beat a lot of JRPGs. Wait, let me let me look at my list here. Um, I didn't beat Project Cross Zone two. I beat Bravely Second. Didn't beat uh, Dragon Quest seven. I beat Paper Jam. Um, see, it kind of helped that like ninety percent of the games that I played this year were RPGs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I beat Seventh Dragon. I beat Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I beat. Um, some other games on my list. I beat Pokemon Moon. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty good year. Project Cross Zone 2, I think I only didn't finish because I think a review game came in shortly after. Also because, also because if the first game is any indication, those last chapters are two and a half hours long. Yep. Yeah, and I also like played through two-thirds of Project Cross Zone right before I got Project Cross Zone 2 because like playing the Project Cross Zone 2 demo was like a religious experience. <laughs> um and like as much as that game very much faded away as I got deeper into it, and like the ridiculousness of it faded, when I played that Project Cross Zone two demo, it like that was probably like one of the most exciting moments for me gaming wise in 2016, Jeez. which might be an indictment on 2016. But <laughs> that was a like that demo caught me so by surprise because I hated the demo for the first one. Yeah. 
Neil, I have a question for you as someone who was also mesmerized by the Project Cross Zone 2. Will I be able to play as the Yakuza characters for the entire game, mostly? Very early on, I believe you get them. And, dude, I don't even play like Yakuza, and those guys were charming as shit in that game. But do I get to play, like, can I make those my mains for, like, most of the... Is that the way that game works, or do I need to keep... I mean, you, you can have Zack that, too, because I think he played more of it than I did. What? Yeah. Can uh, I play, like... Can I, I play... beat it twice. Can I play Jesus. specific characters? <laughs> That's so much. <laughs> What? Can I play specific characters? In, no, it's uh, just the two Yakuza characters who are in the demo or in the no, game. No, 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 no. I'm saying, can I play as them on almost every mission and then get witty banter from them throughout? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, most missions have a certain amount of characters, uh, but several missions have them in it. I mean, most missions have them in it or everybody. Okay, cool. All right, nice. So... Did, did Zachary, did, did you tell me yours? I haven't done four yet. Okay, tell me four. My number four is another Vita game. It is Senran Kagura Estival Versus, which I thought was a 2015 game, but no, it's 2016, and it's uh, arguably the best um, uh, Senran game. Um, and this time, I don't know why, but for the some reason, I really got into the customizing the character's looks in this one, uh, whereas I would, did not do that at all in, in Shinobi versus, but uh, Estival is fun. It's, you know, Ninja Big Boobs, hashtag Ninja Big Boobs. And nice. uh, surprisingly deep gameplay, deeper gameplay than Shinobi. And uh, the story is, it gets dark, it gets kind of dark. Is it a is it a genuinely good story or is it a good story because of the boobs? No, it's it's a genuinely good story, especially if you've been following all these characters that are the whole franchise, mm-hmm. and you get to know them. Like the thing about Senran um, is the bubblegummy, big booby, jiggly ninja thing hides a really deep uh, story that has surprisingly good character writing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Should, but should I play that or no? No. Okay. Uh, it's it's <laughs> okay. also on PS4. I considered double dipping on this because it has cross save, but I didn't because I don't play console games half as much as as handhelds. And the, this doesn't seem like the kind of thing you'd want to put on a TV that's publicly viewable. No, my <laughs> wife wouldn't care. Really? Yeah. That, that's nice. That, that's... Have you seen my room? No, you haven't seen my room. Neil's yeah, seen my room. He knows what I I'm have. talking about. I do. How much boobs are in it? A lot, a lot of boobs. A lot of boobs. Okay, that's cool. Moving on to my uh, Numero Quattro Game of the Year 2016. That is Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse on the Nintendo 3DS. A game I did not play until after Christmas when I was home at my parents' house for the holidays, and I played that game straight through, like, from December 26th to January 2nd, and I ended up clocking in, like, 43 hours on it. And that story is so much... I mean, coming from someone who loves the story in 
Shin Megami Tensei 4, the story in Apocalypse goes it's so even much better. Crazier, <laughs> and it's it's certainly better. It is a certainly better story, if not because of where that ending goes and it's... what the ending tasks you with doing and who the final boss is, and just oh my, it's so freaking cool. It's <laughs> so freaking cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I might be talking about that game in a little bit. Uh, that 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 game, like it, it's very similar to four, uh, but Apocalypse is a is a damn fine game. Yeah, a damn fine game. You know what I would say? Four is a better balanced video game. Like four feels like a more complete video game or like a better video game than Apocalypse does. But Apocalypse has a much better story. And I, I would call the two video games on. Uh, I, I would put them on relatively equal footing. But yeah, it's great. It's it's absolutely great, and it makes me want to play Nocturne basically as soon as I get a free week to play a new JRPG. <laughs> nice. But yeah, that that game is adult Pokemon, and, and Pokemon's adult Pokemon now. But <laughs> Shimigami Tensei is also adult Pokemon. If you want to play kids Shimigami Tensei, play Yokai Watch. Play <laughs> watch or play Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag fire. I don't know if that's kid kid Shimakami Tensei. I feel like that's like like adults who want to see girls dance in anime. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Or maybe okay. kids. I mean, kids are into that too. Yeah. All right. Every, everyone everyone likes people dressed skimpy in anime, or at least yeah, I, I do. They do. Does. Of course. Who doesn't, right? Okay, number three, Neil Ronahan. Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> My number seven is Madden 17. Oh, God. Um, Move which, on. Be higher. I, uh, I checked... Uh, I, I checked my... I checked my... Sorry, I was playing Dragon Quest Eight. Um, I am right now. <laughs> because you're uh, talking about Madden. So, I checked the clock on my Xbox One to see how much Madden I've played. I'm at about 90 hours. Um, it is my most played game of the year by far. Um, Madden this year, uh, Madden last year was a huge step forward for the series, and this year is even better. Um, I mean, it, speaking of RPGs, Madden is one of my favorite RPGs of the year. Uh, you build teams, you raise their stats, you play battles. Um, like, it's great. Uh, so I've played a couple, uh, naturally, some Green Bay Packer seasons, although bitter irony, uh, started a season when they made the playoffs, uh, was wrapping up that season, and I lost in the NFC Championship game in heartbreaking fashion, much oh. like the Packers did on Sunday. Jeez. I did that I did that last night, and I was just like, as I got to the end of that game, I was like, you're kidding me. And it was like <laughs> almost everything that happened in the actual game happened to me in the game of Madden. Well. It's like it knew. Uh, but my, my favorite thing that I think I've done Madden Madden was um, during the height of the Packers losing streak, I started hate playing Madden, <laughs> and I took over the San Diego Chargers and did a fantasy draft, uh, which means that it takes the players off of every team, and then you have to uh, you have 53 rounds, so you fill your team. Uh, so I filled my team. I played through the first season, 
uh, as the San Diego Chargers and then promptly moved them to Portland and they became the Portland Lumberjacks. <laughs> and then I started to like, like through the draft and all the created players that they give you, I crafted this like powerhouse team and then like won four Super Bowls in a row and then got bored and, and moved on to something else. But I kind of, I kind of want to do that again because that was a lot of fun to just kind of like pick up some players that I like, throw them on a team and then kind of like, you know, like create my own team as opposed to playing with the pre-existing one. Like that was a good time. Man's tremendous if you like football. Nice. Number seven for Neil. Also, oh, oh, my switch comparison: FIFA. Uh, FIFA on the go could yeah. potentially be very good. Um, the touchscreen usage and the, the gamepad stuff um, in in the Wii U version that was at launch uh, that was very good. I don't know if we'll see exactly that on the Switch, but EA has pledged that FIFA on the Switch will be a Holy new game. So that, that could be neat. Yeah, so so if you if you like an RPG like Madden, look forward to the new Shin Megami Tensei game on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah. Or as I like to call it Shin Madden Gami Tensei. Yeah. Shin um. Madden Tensei. Um yeah, my my first round, uh I it was between Odin or Aaron Rodgers. I didn't really know who to go with. It was a real hard decision. Yeah. That's what like like when uh when uh, the Packers quarterback's girlfriend uh, Olivia Munn uh, when she was uh, Psylocke in the recent X Men movie, I was just hoping they'd like show a clip of Aaron Rodgers playing football and be like, "There's a mutant right there." <laughs> <laughs> but then I remembered that that movie took place in like the eighties, and yeah. that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Word. Donald Terrio, number three. Numero trois. Well, the um, if we're if we're talking play clocks here, um, my number three is Fire Emblem Fates. Is that is damn 154 hours? And the sad thing is, that's about one sixth above what my roommate has put into that game since it launched. Wow! My God! What's so good in that game? And I'm and I say this as someone who put it on his top ten list, but what's know that it's fire emblem and it's mechanically sound i know the story is not that strong compared to other fire emblem stories and that's not even an unfair thing to say so i'm just curious where does that 150 hours come from where does that 900 hours come from um part of it is my roommate plays on lunatic Mm. so he is so he's having to plot strategies, constantly reset in case he loses somebody, or do a do a boatload of grinding if he's playing something other than conquest. For me, it came down to the characters were just interesting enough, and the game and with solid gameplay, that this is something that I wanted to see. I wanted to see all the sides of the story. So that's why I beat Birthright, I beat Conquest, and even after I screwed up my own Revelations run, I went back and did it again. Nice. Wow. I, I, and I, I still just, have and I still have some DLC to play on that too. But well, there's another Fire Emblem coming out in May, so that uh, that may get cut off. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> True. It's, it's a cool last looking Fire Emblem too. Zachary Miller. What is Bye. more? Number three. Number three for me is a game I just beat last week. It's Rise of the Tomb Raider mm. for PS4. Uh, an excellent follow-up to the Tomb Raider reboot from 2014. A better game in every way. Uh, it does not feature the kind of, uh, you know, kind of wince-inducing uh, injury porn that that game had. Uh, the worst thing that happens to Laura in this game is she gets really cold because most of the game takes place in, you know, the Arctic or something. 
uh, Himalayas. I don't, I don't know where it takes place. It's not really clear. But uh, there's a nice crafting system that is very quick. You don't have to go through a lot of menus. Um, you have a ton, a ton of combat options, um, which, you know, kind of makes me not want to play Uncharted 4 because I know Uncharted 4's combat is the same as Uncharted 3 and 2's That's combat. That's not true. That's what <laughs> I keep hearing. Uncharted 4 plays like GTA 5. That doesn't help me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying it's better for you. I'm saying that's a more accurate way to describe the way it okay. feels. All right. As if you like the shooting controls on GTA 5 are very similar to the shooting controls on Uncharted 4. The, okay. the vehicle stuff feels like almost like a Grand Theft Auto. I would say it's the best feeling Uncharted game. Like if you well, can get it super cheap, you'll be pleasantly surprised by those elements. The story okay. is where that game falters some. The you know the the only reason I the reason I said that is because Uncharted has always been hide behind cover, shoot dudes, move forward, hide behind cover, shoot dudes, dudes keep flooding in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And if you screw up, you die. Right. Uh, but with, with uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, like you can get away, you can approach any situation like a hundred different ways. It's, it's, very, it's very freeing. Um, the story is not fantastic. Uh, I didn't really care. Um, ton of questing. I sank a lot of, of time into doing quests. And uh, there's a whole bunch of menu, uh, uh, not menu, whole bunch of game modes that I will probably never try. But this is a, a game that you could sink so much time into. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. It looks beautiful and uh, uh, really fun. Cool. All right. My number three is Mega Man Legacy Collection on the 3DS eShop. Wow, number three! A game that came out in February on the 3DS. It came out like in 2015 on every other platform, but on the 3DS eShop, it came out... Yeah, it came out on... It was physical. Oh, yeah, but, I have it physically. No, yeah. no, no, but it, it also came out physical on... Uh, in... It came out physical in 2016. On the, on the same on the day. On platforms on the 3ds digital 2016 physical and digital and then the ps4 xbox one and pc digital versions came out last august or yeah. august 20th but, but but you keep on seeing 3ds eShop that, that came out on both on the same day oh, well i'm just i'm saying that's the way i got it okay it is, uh, that's that's the way i played it in 2016 which is one of the ways it did come out in uh, 2016 Anyways, Mega Man 1 through 6, that's a hell of a collection. I played those games for almost 40 hours. It was my introduction to the Mega Man series. I don't necessarily want to play more Mega Man because I found out I played like 80% of the ones I actually need to play. So like maybe there will be one or two more that I play in the future. Like I know I got to play X at some point. I know maybe I should play 7, maybe I should play 9 and 10, but we'll see. But it's But 1 through 6 are some of the best platformers I've played on the NES. Granted, they're the ones that I have the freshest memory of, but I think those games feel better to me and feel tighter to me and feel more enjoyable and challenging to me than... I would say the Mario games. Wow. I, I would say I have more fun playing Mega Man 2, Mega Man 1, Mega Man 3, and Mega Man 6 than i had super mario 3 maybe six not so much 
But anyways, that's six amazing platformers that I all pl- that I played for the first time, and I could not recommend that thing enough. It goes on sale for ten dollars every so often on the eShop, and I think it's like fifteen yep. bucks now. Uh, just to rank them, in my opinion, two, one, six, three, four, five, and best to worst. Hmm. So there you go. Okay, there you go. There you go. It, that that is an excellent collection of video games. Number two, yeah. yeah. Number number no, six okay. for Neil, I guess. Yeah, number number six. Um, Shinigami <laughs> Tensei Four Apocalypse. Nice. Um, What's that we, about? Uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, you, yeah. you you said it very well, Alex. Um, that this is a kick-ass RPG. Yeah. Um, with a really good story. Um, I I like a whole lot about it. I wrote a review about it back in September. Nice. Um, had a lot of fun with this game. Uh, for comparisons, I already gave Shimagami Tensei on Switch for Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which in retrospect might have been a mistake. Um, <laughs> so instead, uh, Project Octopath Traveler is the game that I'll say that like, if you liked Apocalypse, maybe keep an eye out for that. Although maybe it would be more apt if you liked Bravely Second. Keep an eye out for that one. Uh, but Nintendo Whoa. did just put the Project Octopath trailer uh, trailer um, they put that up on their YouTube. So, I mean, I don't think there was really any doubt of that coming over, but it is, like, totally coming to America, it seems. And that game looks really neat. They also announced a Fire Emblem Switch game coming in 2018, which would not be... Yeah, that would have been better for Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah. That game, made. Tokyo Mirage Sessions has a little more Fire Emblem than I thought it would going in. Like, the back half definitely does. Yeah. Okay, word. Dontario number dos. Well, you, you've been talking about it for the last uh, 30 seconds or so. It's Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to play this game. It, Donald, Donald, it's your yeah, word. It, my, my word is it's a, it, it was probably the most challenging game I played all year because I was advised to start on hard. and I freely admit that game kicked my ass. Uh, the... It, it was a great RPG. It filled that Persona-shaped hole in my heart because I think one of my biggest disappointments of 2016 was that Persona 5 didn't come out in North America. Mm. Uh, but that it, it, it came relegated it, to being Game of the Year 2017. Yeah, it, it's um, it. I wrote a review of Tokyo Mirage Sessions. My thoughts from there are pretty much the same. Except also the ending is absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah, is it batshit yeah, crazy in that Xenoblade way? Um. Two words: rock opera. Okay, <laughs> so more, <laughs> more like Splatoon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Word. Zachary Miller, your number two non-Nintendo game of the year. Uh, my number two is a game that I actually played at PAX East last year, uh, thanks to Mr. Uh, Chris Johnson of Adult Swim Games. Uh, it's Headlander. For PS4, a wonderful, funny, colorful uh, Metroidvania kind of game that takes place on a 1960s or 70s space station uh, with with just a lot of humor and it's very well designed. Um, you you know, easy to get 100% on this. It's a game I uh, uh, I platinumed. I also platinumed Shantae 4. Um, but uh, yeah, Headlander's great. Uh, have any of you played Headlander? I've I do have no. it. I have played it, and I did play it at PAX East. Also, that is a fine, fine puzzle platform I, with a unique art style. Yeah, I, I it was actually the 
the first game I spent real money on on the PS4. Nice. I think me too. Actually. Oh wait, no, I didn't. I I got it. Uh, I got it code for it. Um, but you were right to spend money on it because it's great. Uh, the story's terrible. The story is terrible. The ending makes no sense at all. I'm sorry. It's a bad story. Uh, but that's not why you're playing it. You're playing it to put your head on the body of a gigantic uh, quadrupedal mech that destroys other mechs by spinning itself around. <laughs> and by and by shooting doors that sarcastically say, okay, I'm opening, you know, things like that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a really fun, really fun game. I'm sorry, it's a bad story. Uh, quote for Good Lord, it's Zachary awful. Miller's number two game of the year. To join, Fox quote. To join, Don't play this for the story. To join Donald Terrio's, was it what, number four? Uh, the gameplay was all right for, for Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> the gameplay was all right, but the, the writing and what they do with paper in that game is, anyway, that's off topic. It's, well, I, I, think, I think it's pretty on topic. It's just an old topic. All right. Word. Headlander, number two. Yo. My number... Yeah, my <laughs> number two is Doom. Nice. PlayStation Four. That Dude, I want this game, but I don't have the free space necessary to play it. Just, uh, just delete. It's what aren't you playing anymore? I mean, lots. Just, just, <laughs> just delete something and then download. It's like seventy-six gigabytes. That's a big game. Yeah. But you know what? Even, it is a, it's even, a great game. Yeah, e even the disc version is 76 gigs, by the way. Jesus. And it's kind of a bullshitty reason why it's 76 gigs, because it's all this multiplayer stuff, which is not the stuff you come to this no, game for. <laughs> because the multiplayer, it's okay. It's like it's kind of a by-the-numbers arena shooter that tries to be... Why, why the fuck is it 76 gigs? <laughs> There's <laughs> no reason. Here's what happens. Yeah. The the patches for the multiplayer download content season pass packs they put all of that into oh, the God. updates, no matter <laughs> who you are or what you own. So, anyway, yeah. that's that's beside the point. Sorry, uh, Alex's number two game of the year. The multiplayer is bullshit, but <laughs> <laughs> what what makes Doom great is that I have never been more in love with the mechanics of a game and like. <laughs> The last couple, I haven't been this much in love with the mechanics of a video game in the last couple of years. It's like the shooters from the 90s, but they bring it into the modern era. It is hard, but it's like deliciously hard in that classical way that makes my hands shake after I play it for long enough. And then also, you got to play it on ultra violent, which is like the hard mode because that's way more fun to play it. The melee is awesome, every single gun feels fantastic. Um, my test of a good shooter is how, how the shotgun feels. And how the shotgun feels determine the quality of that shooter overall. And it's one of the finest shotguns I've felt in a game. And if I had to compare it to another one of my favorite games, uh, my favorite indie game, no less, I would call it Hotline Miami 64. Damn! Wow. Because it has it has very tightly constructed levels, although these are more sprawling than Hotline Miami's. But the way Hotline Miami makes me feel the play, that's how Doom makes me feel the play. It has awesome bosses. It has a fantastic style. The music is the best music of 2016 in a video game, no doubt, because it's just it's just raw heavy metal shredding. Nice. It's, just, it's a badass video game. 
Doom is badass, and I recommend it to absolutely everyone. I want it real bad. Yeah. Okay. That leaves us with our final number one game of the year, or in Neil's case, <laughs> number five. Um, before Six. I get to my before I get to my number five, I'll recap again my number four through one: Metroid Prime Federation Force, Pokemon Moon, Picross 3D Round Two, and Pocket Card Jockey. And now, without further ado, my number five <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> Uh, Kirby Planet Robo Bo 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 Bo. Um, this is this is the best Kirby game I've ever played. Yep. Uh, the the mech stuff super adds way more cool shit to do in it. Uh, varies up the powers that you get because not only do you have like the power ups that Kirby gets, you also get the power ups that you get while in the mech. And it's just a super inventive platformer that I had such a blast with and. The, the ending, like the final boss, is really cool and, and a twist. Oh, geez. Uh, I thought the final boss was maybe the one weak point of the game because it just goes on and on and on it and on and on. And on. But it's also like charming in that like you're fighting a corporation. Yeah. Which, which I, I did like the very final thing in that game you do is an accidental call out to Gurren Lagan. Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite part of that whole game. Yep. Here's my question, and I, I had to take out my headphones because I might want to play this game, so I, <laughs> I guess I, I protected myself from some spoilers. Kirby new Kirby Return to Dreamland is the only Kirby game I've actually really, really liked because I thought it had like a really decent challenge. Kirby Triple Deluxe I thought was pretty good, but was way too easy for my tastes. Is Robobo closer to Triple Deluxe or Return to Dreamland? It's I have not, like, it's not a hard game. Yeah, I, I, I have. I think it's harder than Triple Deluxe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I have this weird like kind of distaste for Return to Dreamland. I've been meaning to uh, ahem, return to it at some point. <laughs> like I didn't, I beat it back on Wii. Uh, but it just didn't really like it. It wasn't that great to me. And it's one of those games like like Secret of Mana, which is another game that I played back in the day and did not enjoy, but everybody talks about how brilliant it is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I need I owe it to both Secret of Mana and Kirby Return to Dreamland to to try them again. Um but like because Kirby Return to Dreamland after I finished that, I was kinda like, that's one of my least favorite Kirby games I've ever played. Oh wow. Um but everybody talks about how it's like their favorite. So I don't know. It's weird. No, it's cool. Kirby's Kirby's a weird series. Uh, I, I I feel the same way about Epic Yarn, where I think that's kind of a by-the-numbers platformer with some of the most charming style of any game that's ever been made. Yeah, and, it, and it's weird because, I mean, I, I do plan on uh, getting the 3DS version of Poochie and Yoshi's Willy World. That game looks great. Um, I played the demo. It, it looks actually yeah, I still, I still haven't... I have not played the demo yet, but I think, I think I'm probably going to pick it up just because... I feel like that that's another one that I feel like I owe a second chance to, and I'll also, play it a lot more on 3DS. Also, the Poochie Amiibo. I yeah, mean, no, on. I need the Poochie Amiibo in my goddamn life right now. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but like, I, I adore Kirby's Epic Yarn, and I've even, like, played through that game, like, two and a half times, and I still adore that game, but for some reason, Woolly World, like, its charms didn't work on me as well as Epic Yarn did. Yeah. I would recommend anyone who's interested to play the demo because Neil, especially, I know you played this game. You remember how Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D looks like shit? Yeah. <laughs> this game does not look like shit in the way you would expect it to. Like it, <laughs> it, 
Because when you would look at the trailer, you're like, oh, this thing's probably going to be in 2D and it's going to look like crap like those Donkey Kong characters in the 3DS game. Which is, it's one of my favorite platformers, but it's also a really bad looking version of one of my favorite platformers. This game looks great. It's I would say it's probably one of the finest looking 3DS games yet. So I, I would try it. It's only two levels of the Wii U game. It doesn't have any of the Poochie levels. It's kind of a bummer. But anyways, Dalterio... Your number one game of the year, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Tell me all about it. <laughs> well, I, well, we did we covered that last year, but yeah. Remember how I said around Paper Mario that this was the start of the spite section? Well, this is the apex. Oh, number one Federation me. Force. No shit. <laughs> yep. I, really? I could have. I could have told you that. that. I could have told you that last October nice. around the time of the fifth fan petition. But this this is the first Metroid game that I've actually enjoyed playing since 1992. Damn. <laughs> See, yeah, yes, yeah, 93. No, 92. Metroid Two on the Game Boy. Oh, right? Metroid God! Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it, it have changed, I told you that changed... you're fired? <laughs> <laughs> there goes the news section. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just promoted Adam. Good job. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. But uh, yeah, the... <laughs> yes. But it, you know, it, it controlled great for me on the new 3DS. I it cl- the controls click right away, and there's enough variety in the missions that you know you have your your kill everything in sight. Your your puzzle missions that yeah, I I'm uh, th- I would have probably done this anyway. But Metroid Prime Federation Force earned its number one. It wasn't just spite. Hell yeah, it's my it's my number one. No, I'm sorry, number two. It's my number two uh, a Nintendo game of the year, and we have to play it multiplayer, uh, local at PAX East. There are some medals oh. I need to get. Yes. The sad thing yeah. about Federation Force is that its online community burned out within about a month. Well, I mean, it was a, a game that had a lot of negative hype. Yeah, I know. Nobody bought on it. a system that was lagging at the time. Unless yeah. And, and the best way to play it for me was D- Donald. Did you play it online? I I tried to get a game, but I th- I th- I just wasn't able to get anybody. So, so you still you still one? liked it on solo. So you lone wolfed it. Yeah. Damn. I yeah. geez, I I couldn't. Do that. Oh man. Some yeah, of those that's missions. I was able to play most of the game. I mean, some missions I think are actually easier in single player. That's true, but some of the later missions to get all three medals, you really need more than one person. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised by the fact that you were able to beat it with one person. I'm surprised that it managed to make your number one without the thrill of multiplayer being added in there too. Like yeah. I think that, that says more I, about that game than I thought it would. I, I... I'm not a multiplayer guy. That's the thing. Like I, I bear, like I buy two versions of Pokemon, so I don't have to deal with the idiots on the global trade service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> Word. Okay. I hear a 3DS click, which means it's time for us to move through this. Uh, Zachary Miller. Tell my me number, one, number one. My numero uno is Ratchet and Clank for the PS4. Uh, maybe the my favorite game on the system. I've replayed it like three times. I'm going for platinum on it. It's beautiful. It's the best Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, uh, it's so much better than the movie it's based on, um, <laughs> which you should not watch. Uh, I wasn't planning on it. 
just everything about that game is like a 10. Yeah. It's so good. How so long good. is it? How long is it? Um, first time through, maybe like seven or eight hours before you really know what you're doing, but then you can speed run it because you keep all your weapons okay. and all your upgrades. No, and because it's 20 I, bucks on PSN in the US. I yeah. got it sealed for $10 from GameStop by uh, at Black Friday. So I'm, I'm waiting for a good time to crack it open. But play if that say, shit. And I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game. And oh, play that it's, shit. It's not a better time to jump in and play no, Ratchet and Clank. This is the game. best Ratchet and Clank game. Um, oh, God. It's, it's just so good. And it, you know, some people have complained that it doesn't really have the characters that the previous games did. And, and honestly, yes, the previous games did have a big cast of characters that were all funny. But this game really kind of waters it down to Ratchet, Clank, kind of Captain Quark, and uh, and Nefarious. And Nefarious isn't even in it very much. It's just so good. It's tight. Word. You're tight. Nice. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, we got Pocket Card Jockey. We have Metroid Prime Federation Force. We have Ratchet and Clank. And for my number one video game of the year, uh, I got Final Fantasy XV. Damn. Oh, I figured this would wow. be on your list, Joe. I just crossed the 50-hour mark in that game. I beat it. It was, it was my first Final Fantasy game, too. I have never played a video game like Final Fantasy XV because it's like Metal Gear Solid Five. It's not perfect. It has, like... It has like some issues, and then you can tell that it was made over 10 years because some of the story stuff doesn't gel together perfectly. But there's just something so fresh and so beautiful, and that feels so good about playing that game. Just driving in the car, you and your three best friends going on JRPGs adventures together like the combat's kind of like witcher 3 but also it's a super faithful japanese role-playing game just the way it feels and like just the way everything controls and the way the moves work it's super authentic it's super real but also it's it's new i i feel like it's a rethought of the jrpg the action's awesome i love the story i love the characters i love the fact that it's a fantasy world in the real world the level of post game in this is downright staggering. Like I could see people easily spending 100, 150 hours just playing all the dungeons and getting all the unlocks. The dungeons are great. The combat's great. The bosses are great. Uh, the way that the where that game goes, the ending is kind of crazy and great, and it's not the same as uh, Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse, but it goes to some really crazy places. Like uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, and this is not a spoiler because it happens in the first few seconds of the game, albeit briefly. It's one of my favorite time skips I've ever seen in a game, too. Like, the way it handles it is, is it's one of the coolest time skips that has some of the most interesting story ramifications. Also, it has, like, Monster Hunter elements in it. And it has all these other elements in it. And then you can also drive in the car along the countryside while listening to the battle theme from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> That's pretty sick. And then the, the car can turn into a flying car. And oh, that, that game, one of the best JRPGs I've played in years. I, I ended up reopening my top 50 games list of all time just to put it at like number 17 or 18. Damn. I, I just, 
I can't recommend that game enough. I think that game got the... It got way fewer props than it deserved. At like, yeah, I think it kind other, of faded quick, didn't it? It, but it sold incredibly. And it, like, the, pro- so- the problem is they announced that like the the we're basically getting the international version content, but the fact that they're adding story elements and probably caused a lot of people to be like, you know what, I'm gonna wait a few months. Maybe this uh, game will be in the bargain. Which yeah. I thought was kind of cool to me because. I thought the story was already more or less complete as it is. It just gives me a reason to replay it. I don't know. But then that that then that also makes me feel like an apologist. That's beside did, the point. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I saw like parts of the movie. I watched the first 10 minutes. I got super bored. Oh. I stopped watching it cuz I thought it was basically unwatchable and boring and the voice acting is very bad. I just I just wonder if the movie is necessary to enjoy the game's plot. I think a Wikipedia article read of the movie summary is necessary to okay. a couple select elements of the plot. And then I would also recommend you watch the anime, Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood, which is oh. an excellent hour of Final Fantasy anime. Hmm. It it's, does the whole animatrix. Didn't know there was one. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's free. I think there's like five, six episodes. Of it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Donald, you've been playing Final Fantasy 15. You like it so far? Uh, I, I'm liking it so far. It's just I might have to let it go earlier than I thought, just because it's it, it's one of those things where I need to be able to get a switch on launch day. <laughs> have you already? I, hear you. I, I, I may. Yeah, I, I'm in chapter three right now. I and I'm probably going to play that game as long as I can before I have to go trade it in. Okay, I hope you get to the point. Where you decide not to trade that game in and trade something else. <laughs> okay. I, I don't really have anything else I can't. They they wouldn't take Shantae or Tumblestone. So really? I, I got nothing else. Yeah, okay. they would not they, it was literally not in their computer system. But anyway, that's Ow. we gotta wrap this up. I'm just I'm just gonna read a couple because because the chat's been active, so I'm just gonna read a couple. Um has Alex played Final Fantasy VII? I have not played Final Fantasy VII. I just really love the battle music in Final Fantasy VII. After I beat Final Fantasy VI, which I've been playing on iPad, Final Fantasy VII is my next Final Fantasy game, uh, Cherry Goblin. Uh, Kane says Final Fantasy XV is dope. Loved it. Dale says that game, uh, Ratchet & Clank, is the best Ratchet & Clank game. Hell it yeah. also includes a good portion of the movie in cutscenes. It does, I be- actually. I bet is the best way. To yeah, watch and it actually there, there's a little, a little message comes up when those cutscenes are playing. It says, you know, recording stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. Kane says the combat of Final Fantasy 15 is awesome, and the ending of the game is incredible. I will agree, the ending of that game is incredible. I I especially love what they did with the final antagonist. Uh, that that game's just excellent, 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 beautiful, excellent. The anime is cool, says Kane. And then Tyler Dick, who has a fantastic name. <laughs> anyone play Pokemon Duel today, a.k.a. Pokemon Co-Master? I have not. I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet because Dragon Quest Eight. Okay. Which, which, which Neil is enjoying as we speak. I am indeed. Our cue. To end Dude, I've been, I've been playing oh, this for can't. half the show. You can't I, see I, it, but I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's why you turned your camera off. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could join you, but again, we, we talked about why I can't right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, that's our show for this week. That's our game of the year. I hope you all enjoyed it. Patreon.com slash NWR. Support this wonderful, wonderful show and support the wonderful, wonderful website. Patreon.com slash NWR. Read the rest of our content. NintendoWorldReport.com and INWR.com. You can see a lot of excellent Switch coverage, a lot of good Switch reaction shows, a lot of good Switch preview stuff. A lot of good Switch content in general, because I know you love your Switch content. So watch it, rewatch it, read it, reread it. Um, enjoy keep, your Nintendo. keep switching, keep switching, <laughs> and, and uh, keep there you on go. switching. Also, it's on iTunes. The show's on iTunes. Look up Nintendo News Report. Uh, review us on on iTunes. Nintendo News Report. We just got our first review, and it was a positive review, which makes me very excited. Positive or negative, just leave your feedback. I'm very excited to read it. Thank you very much. That's our show. Um, Have a good If you want to hear more about Dragon Quest VIII, um, <laughs> the newscast crew is getting back together to do a game club on this here YouTube channel of Dragon Quest VIII. If you're watching this, you probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Uh, uh, pretty much why we're here is back in 2009, um, like Zach and two other people who, well, Andy Gergen is still a part of the site, but he's more in the background, and uh, Nathan, who used to be a big part of the site, but is no longer. Uh, we did a show called Newscast for like two years, from like 2009 to 2011, um, and all of us are playing Dragon Quest Eight, so we are going to do a Game Club video series of that, and uh, yeah, if you want to join along, uh, play up, make sure you play up through Myella Abbey, uh, that's what we're going to be discussing for the first one, which will be going up later this week. You're the end of that chapter, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't just get there and quit. Yeah, yeah, get to the end when you're leaving Myella Abbey. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.